Welcome to another inspirational episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. Hello everyone, we're the Staves, we're singer-songwriters. We've grown up together being sisters, so we always sang together at home. Singing was something that we've done for as long as I can remember, and it was always something that came very naturally to us and was something that we did for fun. Monetizing Your Creativity asks the question, what does it take to earn a living with your creative talents? There are thousands and thousands and thousands of acts who are not in that tiny percentage of people who are mainstream, super successful, who are quite happily making a living doing what they love. It's a success. If you can do what you love and not have to do the other jobs that get in the way of that, then you've done it. You're doing it. It's amazing. We focus on the success principles common to all disciplines by interviewing producers, directors, writers, actors, cinematographers, music composers, animators, designers, and much, much more. Learn how to create your own path to success. Let's roll. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monetizing Your Creativity. I'm your host, Marvin Polis. Not joining me this time is our co-host, Fred Keating. Fred is in Vancouver, Canada today. He's marshalling some new interviews for the podcast while I'm in Edmonton, Canada. We just love this place. In fact, I'm at the Edmonton Folk Music Festival, and I'm actually just a few blocks away. I'm at the world-famous Matart Conservatory, which is this fantastic horticultural facility. I'm sitting in a park, and I'm here with the Staves from England. The Staves are Emily, Jessica, and Camilla Stavely-Taylor. Emily, tell us about your music. I suppose that the core of our music is our voices and our harmonies, and everything else is kind of built around that. Jessica, tell us how you got into the business. We've grown up together being sisters, so we always sang together at home. Singing was something that we've done for as long as I can remember and it was always something that came very naturally to us and was something that we did for fun. That was how it was for a long time until we started doing gigs at our local pub in Watford where we're from which is a town in England just outside London and we started doing open mic nights at our local pub and then those turned into gigs. We were just playing covers for a long time and then we started writing our own songs and learned instruments. I learned guitar when I was about 16 and I think it was quite a slow I suppose organic process of getting into it. There wasn't a kind of mastermind behind it of right let's be a family band and let's you know take it to the top it was just something that happened quite naturally and and being sisters in different ages everyone was off doing their own thing some people were at university so it would be something we'd do when we had the time normally in the summer holidays we'd get together and do a show I suppose it was around 2010 2009 where it started to become what we were doing instead of other things so it kind of became the main focus and We'd all been working in restaurants and bars and we ended up quitting our jobs and did a show at Glastonbury in 2009. And I think that's when it started and it started to become something that was that was a career choice rather than just fun. And we signed a record deal in 2010 and got a manager and I suppose became a real band then. Camilla, what did it take for you to become that real band? I suppose we always just followed demand for things. So I think it was when um, when we realised people kept asking us to play. That's when we first kind of thought that this could be a job for us rather than just something that we did for fun. I guess that was the start of it. And Emily, what did you learn about putting together that deal with the record company? The record company thing kind of worked backwards for us. I think the, the normal thing to do is to have a manager and then you kind of get the interest of record labels and then you work on finding a producer and then you make your album. But for us, we found our producers 
and then found our record label and then found a manager. So it was kind of a bit upside down. And um, really, I think it was quite a daunting process. It felt like a really big deal and is a big deal. We really read through the contract very, very thoroughly and carefully. And it can be scary. You're reading about these things of just, it's talking in terms of 10 years and 15 years and 20 years and suddenly you're thinking what I don't know I just wanted to get enough money so I don't have to do another job and then I can just make music so yeah I'm not sure what I've learned really I suppose just you can't predict the future go with your gut instinct if you find someone to be supportive and you think that they really and truly get what you're doing then kind of go with that really and and get a good lawyer now this really suggests that of course you do need to collaborate with other people. Tell us about Justin Vernon and tell us about Bonnie Vare. Well, it's funny that we're in Edmonton because this is where we first met four years ago. It was the first gig of the first tour that we did with them. We met Justin and all the guys in the band and all the crew and kind of become pretty good friends with, with all of them now. It was very inspiring for us to watch them play every night. They were a fantastic band and I think Justin just has, like, he really has it, you know, that kind of star quality, which I guess is about being truly himself and truly present. And I guess he works with Kanye West, so that would qualify a star quality. <laughs> I guess so. But um, we had a great tour and it was it was a really nice meeting of minds because they were all really into our music and we were into theirs and stuff. And so we would talk a lot about music and we ended up going out to Justin's studio to just kind of hang out after the second tour we did. Then we started making demos with them and, and before we knew it, Justin was kind of producing our second album. It's just become a working relationship that's like really precious to us and he gives us amazing creative space and puts a great deal of trust in us, which has been wonderful. Now, Jessica, of course, you've picked up a lot of traction in your career for your band. You're known worldwide now. To what extent did the BBC help make that happen? Being from Britain, the BBC is the kind of bread and butter of media at home. So if you're in music, then um, it, it's good to have them on board. You know, they, they run the radio stations and, and the main TV stations, and they have a huge interest in music. So for us, they played our songs on radio, and we got to appear on several different TV broadcasts. So they're very present at Glastonbury Music Festival, so they do all the coverage for that. We've been lucky enough to play there three times and have had them filming our show and broadcasting it live on TV and then on YouTube and we've done some other festivals that the BBC have put on. They broadcast the Jules Holland show which is a really unique music show where you have five bands in a room all playing live and we were lucky enough to do that a few years ago. It was the, probably the most nerve-wracking thing we ever did in our lives. So yeah, I think the BBC have helped us in a huge way and I suppose that there is a huge um, international pull to a media organisation like that because they're so well known worldwide. Now there was a time when in order to become popular you had to have radio time. There was really no other choice. But are we living in a time now where you can actually break out without the support of radio? That's an interesting question. I think that we are and we aren't. I think we things like YouTube and Spotify and just the general move towards people streaming music so much more than they ever have done before. In some ways radio becomes redundant and I read an article a few years ago about how you know having your music synced on TV programs or films or commercials is kind of the new radio and people shazam things as well. If they hear something they don't know they want to know what it is but in the UK certainly and we've been spending a lot of time in the United States um, and from what I know of Europe as well I think radio is still incredibly important. I'm not not sure if I fully understand it. It seems um, a strange game, and we're not a huge radio band. We don't have kind of huge hits, but 
certainly we can feel in the UK when we have had radio play on certain songs, it does feel like it's made a difference, certainly. And Emily, just a few words to wrap up. What thoughts would you have for our listeners who are interested in pursuing a career in music or really any other creative field and really need some inspiration, really need to understand, how do you go about doing that? Well, um, it's difficult to kind of give global advice because I only have one experience to draw from. I would say that you don't have to be kind of famous to have made it you can make a living from doing what you love without it being number one in the charts and you're on the front cover of magazines and stuff and I I sort of wish someone had hammered that home to me a little harder several years ago because it's a success if you can do what you love and not have to do the other jobs that get in the way of that then you've done it you're doing it it's amazing and it doesn't really matter if you're on the radio if you have 10 million likes on Facebook or whatever I mean those things are about getting into the tiny percentage of people who are kind of mainstream super successful and there are thousands and thousands and thousands of acts who are not in that tiny percentage who are quite happily making a living doing what they love so I would say I'd interrupt and say you know quietly they're making amazing music and and it's almost a privilege if you get to discover a band like that I think more than the obvious route these are fantastic words to end with. Basically, it's just follow your passion and your livelihood will follow. Yeah, and I think don't get bogged down with comparing yourselves to other people who are doing the same thing because there's no comparison. Everyone's different. Everyone's story is different. Everyone's journey is different. And everyone's version of success and happiness is different. So just be true to yourself, follow your passion and be satisfied. Fantastic thoughts. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for tuning in to Monetizing Your Creativity. Be sure to join us next time by subscribing to us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave a review. It helps us with our ratings. You can also visit monetizingyourcreativity.com for more information about the show. And hey, be sure to tell your friends who want to understand how to monetize their creativity.